nothing sticking. My weekly market review, July 3rd, 2022. Investor frustration and confusion at the fact that nothing sticking is growing. Very authentic looking rallies, like what we saw the previous week, end up having no value as they disappear in a puff of red smoke as happened last week. Back to square one as if the rally never happened. This low traction environment seems, as suggested in my under the hood section last week, to be pivoting around the 3800 level for the SPX, the index for the S&P 500. The index is at the same level now as it was in the second week of June, having been 300 points higher and 300 points lower in the interim. We see inflows into stocks one week and outflows a few days later. All that stress and those dashed hopes and nothing's really changed. However, if you zoom out, you can survey the wreckage properly. The S&P 500 dropped 20.6% for its worst first half year period since the one during which the Jackson 5, Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles all had number one hits in 1970. The index fell 16% in the second quarter alone. I have an amazing graphic representation on my report uh, that is definitely worth looking at. The declines of 29.5% from the NASDAQ Composite and the 23.9% from the Russell 2000, that's small cap stocks, are both indexes worst first halves ever recorded. The AG broad index of fixed income securities, bonds basically, fell 10.7 since the start of 2022. That's also its worst first half ever on record. If you're planning a quiz night with your friends and family on the theme of the first half of 2022, you may find the following useful. The best performing sector was energy, up 37.7%. The worst performing sector was consumer discretionary, down 11.5%. The best performing S&P 500 stock was Occidental Petroleum, up 103.1%. The worst performing S&P 500 stock, Netflix, down 71%. The worst performing stock in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, sorry, the best performing stock in the Dow Jones Industrial Average was Chevron, 23.4% higher. The worst performing stock in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, Disney, down 39.1%. The best performing worldwide market was in Chile, up 4.9% on a US dollar basis. The worst performing market worldwide, Russia, down 41.8%. In US dollar basis. The best performing commodity, kerosene, otherwise known as jet fuel, up 91.3%. And the worst performing commodity, hot rolled coil steel, which fell 34.2%. The Bloomberg Barclays US aggregate bond index, down 10.7%. 10-year Treasury yield, up 1.477 percentage points. The CBOE volatility index, known as the VIX or the fear index, up 73.5%. Gold was down 1.3%. WTI oil up 40.6%. The US dollar was up 9.2%. And Bitcoin down 60.3%. One possible silver lining is that on the previous five occasions, 
that the S&P 500 has fallen at least 15% in the first six months of the year, 1932, 1939, 1940, 1962, and 1970, it has risen an average of 24% in the second half of the year. Please take this stat with six large bags of salt and do not make any investment decisions based on it. In fact, you know what? Just forget I even mentioned it. As is customary at this time of year, trading volume is slowing fast going into the summer with about 4 billion shares changing hands on the New York Stock Exchange on Friday versus typical daily volume closer to 5 billion. The problem is that thinner volume tends to magnify market moves as it takes less firepower to push a stock price around. Last week's price reversal started when the University of Michigan study revised its inflation expectations lower from 3.3 to 3.1% for the next five to 10 years, but that's still solidly higher than the Fed's old 2% target. Also, consumers' short-term outlook for the US economy dropped sharply to its lowest point in nearly a decade. Consumer confidence also fell for the second consecutive months as Americans continued to assess the impact of high prices and rising rates. The big release, though, was the Fed's favorite data point on which it bases most of its decisions, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index for the month of May, showing prices rose 0.6% last month, accelerating from a 0.2% increase in April. The index was up 6.3% from last year, the same year-over-year -year rate as the month before was near a 40-year high. These latest readings offered little indication of easing price pressures, with inflation continuing to run hot at a highly elevated rate. Meanwhile, consumer spending, which accounts for more than two-thirds of economic activity in the U.S. and has held up tremendously well recently, slowed significantly in May, decelerating to a 0.2% growth rate from 0.6 the previous month. This data combo indicates that consumer spending is slowing much more quickly than inflation is peaking, inevitably raising the volume of those crying recession. The stock market shook its head gloomily and basically wiped out most of the previous week's gains. On the plus side, China last week announced that it was reducing its quarantine rules for those entering the country, cutting back from two to three weeks to 10 days. A brief bounce in stocks ensued, but it was a market grasping at straws, and it soon fell back again. To reiterate, my advice to clients is not really changing. Longer-term portfolios, that is, time horizons of at least 12 years or more, should be, at a minimum, maintaining their levels of recurring systematic purchases of index ETFs, or preferably selected sensible factor ETFs. Uh, that's the financial term of the week in my report this week. If cash flow allows, the amount being purchased should be stepped up to ensure that you are buying in at a lower weighted average price. For even longer time horizons, like, for example, retirement dot money for people age 40 or younger, it's my opinion that you should be backing up the truck right now. But you need to be buying the right kind of ETFs and avoiding others as well as not individual stock picking. Your future self will be glad you did. I'm happy to discuss this further with clients.